You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With some passion, rubber band and the money that keeps stacking. Got a honey who come with elite fashion. She too fine, I tell her that thing magic. You ain't a hustle, you broke, what well, that seems tragic. Gotta catch in the fields like deep passes. I tell her, plug if it's sticky, then please bag it. I need the best cause I grew up beneath madness. Uh, need a Matt Burgundy Mercy. Jewelry so heavy, it might hurt me. Smoking extra kill, that extra seal. Whoa, Buffalo money, need extra bills. It's Tuesday night, we on the chop up here and I got my dogs with me. We back at this thing. Spence already smiling. I don't know what he's smiling about, but you guys are listening. Well, no, I'm smiling for a couple of reasons. One, so first, <laughs> I, and I know, so Sterling got a whole new setup, everybody. And I, I know you can see the fresh hotness. He got like the, he got the, uh, I, I said he got the, the quiet storm vibe going on with the camera and the, and the colors. <laughs> but then like, I, I don't know, it, it ain't wrong because we can hear him. But when he was jumping in on the intro, you didn't come on top of the record. So I don't know. We, we got to get the wiring down. That's we're going to get, that, we're gonna get yeah. that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, seeing that, you know, I'm working out the, uh, the kinks here. We got my guy Jeremiah up here at the top, bro. What's going on with you, man? How your week been? Uh, man, I've been good, man. Just golfing, working out. Just been chilling. Uh, had a lot going on this week, but uh, I've been doing pretty good. Spence, you good? Man, I'm good. I've I've been busy. I've been busy too. Been uh, tired, really tired. But it's a lot coming up, and that we can be excited about. So, um, like like, I'm gonna just start off by letting y'all know home opener weekend not the season opener but home opener weekend make sure y'all head out to resurgence the chop up crew is going to be there uh sponsored by fans of buffalo we are releasing our buffalo rumblings beer for the third year in a row it sold out because because y'all love it so so come back and support it again and let's do it all over again and then uh it's just been a lot going on so yeah i'm having fun yeah man and uh speaking of a lot going on and exciting things uh the new jordan poyer shoes just dropped and hey. uh, <laughs> to more, we have the founder and the maker of the shoes, Eric Sarek, with us. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. How you been, Eric? How you doing out there? Yeah, good. Very good. Very good. Lots of sunshine, lots of warmth, and making a lot of shoes, you know? Cali is hot over there right now? It is. It is. <laughs> we, had a, we had a late winter, but it's, it's full-on summer now. We're burning up. What part, what part of Cali are you in right now? I'm in Westlake Village. It's just nestled above Malibu, short drive to the beach. Uh, just like everything else, about an hour anywhere else. Anywhere you go in L.A. takes an hour. Mm. <laughs> um, I, was, I was just out there last week. That's why I asked. And the OC, oh, okay. It was hot. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. 
So, uh, Eric, we brought you on. The, the Drop of Jordan Shoes just came out, and we kind of wanted to bring you on and get your mind and, and talk about the shoes a little bit. Talk to me about um, it's Alma Mater's your company, and and you did a collab with Jordan Tour, uh with his shoes and his and his brand. So talk to me about the start of Alma Mater, the basis behind it, and, and how you got started. Sure. Um, well, you already figured out we're LA-based. Um, All Mater is a luxury footwear brand. My wife and I founded it about three years ago. Both of us have well over 20 years of experience in footwear, both in sport and fashion, and we've been lucky enough to live and work all over the world uh, making shoes. And we, we saw an opportunity to do something different. And, uh, you know, Alma Mater means the nurturing mother in Latin. Uh, it was adopted by universities to to explain the educational institutions and uh, in modern language it means the school you went to but to us it means it means quite a bit more than that it really means not forgetting where you're from you know there's a pride and confidence that comes in, uh, along with knowing who you are and uh, all modern brand really embraces that type of authenticity absolutely and we've talked a lot about um your and jordan's kind of relationship um in the past with me and you and um you guys are both from a really small town. So talk to me about like your guys' values and how, how that correlates. Yeah. I mean, Jordan and I share that small town upbringing that you're talking about. We both come from Astoria, Oregon. It's a town, town of 9,000 people in the very Northwestern part of the state. Um, and it's a really uh, wonderful place um, for people to grow up. And, you know, the influences that came along with growing up there are really at the core of um of what the brand means, our ethos and, and, uh, and our core values. And I know it's also at the center of Jordan's value set. And you know what that means is we take community first approach to, to our day-to-day -day operation and just about everything we do, the, you know, the values of hard work, honesty, generosity, and really, you know, helping others out, um, are, are more important than ever in the world today. And so simply put all Mater is an international brand that's built on, on small town values. Right. And, it's weird how, um, because I was I was around a little bit while you guys met, and how that got going with Steve and whatnot. And so, talk to me about, uh, like, in that first conversation with Jordan, what was your pitch to him to kind of like get him on board with everything going on? Yeah, well, back back to the community. It was uh, it was several people that we that we mutually know that brought us together, um, which is again the value of a sm of a small town and supporting your your community and, and your people. Um, you know, and of course we're making a sneaker collection here and, and, you know, we make shoes just like, you know, it's our job, just like it's George's job to play football. But, um, you know, the collaboration means a lot more, um, a lot more to us. It's, it's a shared commitment to doing good things and giving back to the communities we touch. So the partnership, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about shoes to start with. There was no luxury sneaker talk. It was really talking about um, helping people out. And that's really what's important to Jordan. And, you know, those, the, the, the efforts that, that we've been involved in um, through fundraising and support of the Jordan Poyer Foundation were really the start of the whole thing. Um, you know, and in a broader sense, I have to say uh, along the last two years, um, knowing Jordan, his influence on our brand, our team, and on me personally, it's really helped us to develop a purpose for the brand. And that's, that's really centered around giving back and doing good in the world. Absolutely. I can, and I can see that as of late within Jordan. And I know I'm just hyping my, my brother here, but like, um, that's something that he's really put forward and through parenting, I guess, like he just wants to help as many people as he can out and, and however he can. So that I can see that correlation. And 
um, if we want to get into the shoes, talk to me about the the new shoes and the shoe brand and and exactly how you went about making it. Absolutely. So, I mean, man, we're so excited uh, for this. It's been, a, you know, a couple of years in the making and it's a shoe that um, it's a sneaker that really reflects Jordan's off field um, personality and his lifestyle. Um, it's built like a dress shoe. Um, super premium leather inside and out. And there's also a ton of comfort information, uh, innovation, uh, inside. So I kind of leaned on the years of experience, engineering and designing sport performance shoes to bring that to life. And it's a shoe that, you know, it easily dresses up with a suit. Um, it's just as comfortable dressed down with shorts and a tee. Um, and you know, the first colorway that dropped today, you showed some pictures of it. It's a crispy, clean, white leather sneaker. It's, it's absolutely stunning to hold in your hand, handcrafted with a bunch of attention to detail. And then there's a second uh, really badass colorway. It's a black and gray. It's kind of mixed leather suede and nubuck. It's going to drop in a couple of weeks. And, man, we're just so proud of, uh, of this shoe and the partnership. It's the best shoe we've ever made, hands down. Um, you know, and when you get a, the opportunity to wear a luxury product like this, it really brings, um, brings another level of your confidence in, in your game. And we're just really fired up to get it on people's feet. Absolutely. Hey, I got something for you, Eric. Go ahead. So, yeah. You know, when you look at athlete shoes, one of the things I appreciate about this shoe is that it is, it's very like professional, sleek and stylish. Like, you know, you look at some of these other brands that, and they're all lavish and they have all this extra stuff. I'm, I'm at the age now where I want like simplicity. I want something that looks nice, feels good. You know, I could dress it up any, you know, with any kind of outfit and looks like you guys have uh, captured that look pretty well. That's a, I mean, I, I love that insight. Um, you know, I like all kinds of shoes and they got respect for, for all the designs that are out there. Um, we want to let the quality do the talking and um, it's a little bit like Jordan's game, you know, um, you know, the simplicity is something that's, that's woven into it. And, and that's part yeah. of that reflection of, of, of who he is. And, and that fits really nicely with the brand. And how do you encapsulate that personality that, cause like when we see Jordan Porter in the field, like he's fiery, he's, he's tenacious, one of the best safeties in the league. Walk us behind the process of how you like take that, you know, persona and then put it in a shoe like that. That seems extremely tasking. Yeah, I guess so. But it's a joy, you know, I mean, I think it's it's like the building of any other relationship. You have to listen and and kind of understand Jordan's not a professional at. At, at making shoes. So, um, you know, he's not going to, going to be able to give detailed feedback on exactly what he wants, just like I wouldn't be able to give him too much in terms of how he plays in the football field, I suppose. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he, he explains, uh, things with, with a ton of emotion and, and, and some simplicity and it makes it easy to, um, to find the touch points that we hope make him happy. And, you know, because there's a close relationship through the community, it makes it easy to communicate. And, um, you know, there's always um, trials and tribulations of getting something right and, and the trial and error that goes along with that. But, um, you know, like I said, it's really just a joy. Um, you know, this is the profession that I love and I'm lucky to be doing it and to, to work with such a with, with such a great person is uh, it's all good stuff. And you recently and this was a little bit ago, but you came out with a golf shoe. Right. And that's pretty interesting. Um, talk to me about the golf shoe and how you went into making that. Yeah, that happened through um, being involved in some of Jordan's charity events. We were in Florida um, together working for the ECMC. And, you know, after spending two days out there, we 
gifted a, a ton of shoes that helped uh, raise money for the charity and to be around him and his friends and his posse and, and the whole group that was there. Uh, it was so clear that, that, that golf is a big part of um, a big part of the lifestyle. It's a big part of my own lifestyle. Um, we share something in common also that a few people don't know, uh, probably, or most people don't know. We both worked at the Astoria Country Club when we were kids. Um, and it just became clear. It was like a light bulb went off and I looked at him. We were talking. I said, I got to make a golf shoe. He said, yeah, you got to make a golf shoe. <laughs> and so it kind of started right then and there. And we've been working it out at the, at the event in Astoria um, for the community there. Um, we had the first prototype and he got to wear it and test it. And so we're going through the R and D process right now. And if we're all things go well, we'll be launching the shoe early next year. All right. And uh, Spence asked um, from the background, um, do you, are you trying to plan on having an event here in Buffalo? Uh, like there was last year? Yeah, we really like to do that. I don't think we have anything um, solid, but certainly it's our intention to get out there and, and show off the shoes and, and um, you know, hopefully even try and wrap that up into doing some good for the community. Um, but we would look forward to it. Uh, it was such a great experience to be there. I love Buffalo. The people were so kind. Um, here's a little side story. The night before the launch, um, the shoes didn't show up. Uh, you know, of course, um, that's the way things work. And so I called an Uber and uh, this uh, older gentleman pulled up. I told him the situation. He turns off the meter. He said, get in. We're going out to get him. Drives me out in the pouring rain, helps me, you know, pack the boxes. And, you know, that's just the, the, the vibe that I get from Buffalo. And uh, Jordan sent him a video and sent him some, I believe, some tickets or pair of shoes or something. But that's just that's, that, that really left an impression on me. And so, man, of course, I want to come back. City of good neighbors, huh? That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, man, it's been great having you on. I appreciate you coming on here and explaining your background a little bit and, and the story behind the shoes coming out. If, if there's anything else that you'd like to say um, to wrap it up, um, you're, all, you're all set. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, again, thanks for having me on. We're super excited about the shoe and, and what the brand means, you know, along with, um, you know, hopefully making the shoes different and artisan factories in Portugal. We try to do business differently. And, um, you know, little fact that you might not know, uh, you know, about well over 50 percent of the players in the NFL don't have shoe contracts. And this is a shocker to me that major brands have built financial power from the name, image, and likeness of, of pro athletes of all kind, and they focus on performance in the field. So while they, they grow, these contracts are shrinking, and we see that as an opportunity. Um, and our business model allows us to, to bring athletes um, in um, as equity owners in the brand, and that's really different. And, you know, we want to offer them a, a platform to express themselves creatively, you know, more importantly, engage in meaningful community activities. So um, all modern is a player owned luxury brand. We're growing our family and, um, you know, we're excited for the, for the future and things to come. Absolutely. Players out there, you hear that. If you're looking for a shoe deal, call this man. It's going to get you on a shoe deal and maybe some equity. That's, you know what I'm saying? that's right. Join the family. Join the family. <laughs> well, I appreciate having you on, Eric. And, uh, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. I appreciate your your uh, <laughs> Spence said he needs a shoe deal. Yeah, all right, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, give, give me give me a call. Absolutely, give me a call, Spence. I'll be calling. Don't Thank worry, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you. <laughs> right. Hopefully, we'll see you all out here on December 23rd. We got the, that 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 matchup here in LA. It'd be great to to host you here. You take you to the store in Malibu and get some shoes on your feet. Absolutely. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. All right, Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, sir.
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey. That was a good that was a good interview, man. That was. Spence needs some uh some some cigs, some signature shoes, huh? Well, no, I, so I'm, I'm, you know, I, obviously I was showing the website, you know, that's what I was doing in the background while you guys were talking. I'm like, wait a minute, I looked on the other links too. I'm like, wait, they got some, okay, maybe, maybe I, need to, I need to go ahead and work, you know what I mean, work a little something out. Yeah, I know I got a sneaker fetish. I got problems. The Jay Spence ones? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Hey, that's, hey, that, that's got a nice little ring to it. It do, the Spence ones? Give me the those drinks. But no, but they they honestly, they do have some good quality stuff. Um, And I know last year I kind of promoted the sneaker a bit as well. Mm-hmm. I, I want to tell you, it's not just, the quality of it is not just about, like, obviously what it looks like. You're comfortable. And I'm not saying this because it's Jordan. I'm not saying this because Eric was just on. I'm telling you, you're comfortable. I, if, you, if, you, if you know me and you see me in person, you know what I wear on my feet. And you know what type of money I spend on sneakers and the type of comfort it has to be. These are on par, if not better, when it comes to comfort with certain things and then the quality as far as like the leather and and even the insoles. I, I try to show that when I was on the website, you know, when I was in the back. Right. The insoles are different, bro. Like yeah. you ain't you, you don't need to go and buy no Dr. Shows to put in these boys right here. Like these, you put them on and you come. Unfortunately, I'm size 15s. It's not easy to make those in size 15s. <laughs> but what I've been told is that the, when you put the shoe on, for Jordan, it, it'll take like about a week and a half, but it fits your foot. Like it, like it, the the shoe will fit to your foot as yeah. you wear it, which is crazy. And it's light as a feather. Uh, it's just interesting how, how they went about making that. I never, I never really thought Jordan would have a shoe growing up, and let alone one of like look like this. So, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I like that. I like that a lot. Hey, I I, I went and bought some shoes today. All right. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I, okay. I went and got me some pandas. All right. Hey, I see you. Yeah, yeah. You. Got, you know, I didn't want to go on StockX and, and drop a, a hundred and sixty. Nah. You know, I wanted to go to the Nike store and go on and get them for the buck one ten. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, you know, I got a. It's it's one of them shoes that you can wear them out. You can you can dress them up any any kind of way. So yeah, I, I'm a like Spence man. I'm a sneakerhead too. I'm taking a break. I got a problem. I'm taking a break right now. You know what I'm saying? Like boys is in rehab for kicks. I need to, I need a break. Catch me in Jordans. Jordans and Air Forces. That's what we get. That's so I'm good. You wanna know what's crazy though? Your boy Errol Spence got the beat down. Yo. Hey, he got mopped. So those of you who don't know, there was a fight this past weekend. Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford. And uh, 
Terrence Crawford is undefeated. I mean, he's one of the best fighters uh, in the world right now. And uh, we all thought, I, I know what I thought. I thought Errol Spence had a chance. I thought he would. He, hold on. I'm sorry to cut you off. You said he's one of the best fighters in the world. Like, he didn't just do what he did to this dude. Hey, Errol, first of all, yo, Crawford the is he, in the world. He, he's the best fighter right now. There's not a fighter that, now, obviously, we're talking, you got to talk weights and all that stuff, but there's not a fighter right now. Like, there's just, Crawford is it, and it's by a long shot. Now, I would like to, I know a lot of people are saying they don't want a rematch. I want to see a rematch, but I feel like I want to see a rematch at the proper weight. I, 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 this wasn't the right weight, but go ahead and finish. I just how, saying. How like, can you? Proper. How can you even ask? Fix your mouth to, <laughs> to because, ask for a rematch right now. Because so in boxing, and I know I know you notice. Know I'm explaining this for those yeah. that's listening by pod. If you're not boxing fans, and if you don't know what it takes, so a lot of times guys have to meet weight, and when they when they have to get to weight, it takes a lot out of your body to get down to that weight. And then, you know, so you're dehydrating your body. You're basically mm -hmm. starving your body. You're doing all these different things. And I really feel like um, now Spence probably would have lost. He, he would have probably lost the, the way the way Crawford was fighting. It didn't matter. But what I'm saying is like when you put your body through that, you could tell I just didn't see the same um, explosiveness out of, out of Spence that I usually see. I didn't see. Um, I didn't see the power. Like even Crawford said it at one point. He was like, "Oh, I, he he hit me, caught me clean in like the first round." And I'm like, "Oh, that's it." Like you just could tell he didn't have, he just didn't have everything that I'm used to seeing him have. So Crawford, he dog walked him in a filthy way. Like it, it was just not, it just wasn't cool. It just wasn't cool. <laughs> it was interesting because I don't know a lot of boxers. I know like the really big name boxers and whatnot. And um, I <laughs> Spencer was hyping this fight up. From for weeks, I've been just up. He texted me after the fight. He said, "Bro, he just got smacked, bro." And I said, yo, "So was it worth? Did. Was it was it worth the hype?" He said, "No, not at all." Like, yo, and and you know what? I'm happy because I was supposed to be in Vegas for it. Like that that was the oh, plan. I was go? Man, I'm oh, so happy I didn't go to that. Man. Nah. I'd have been so tight if I would have spent thousands of dollars to go to a city for a night like that. It's interesting right. the correlation between like UFC and boxing, where if you pay to go to a UFC event. You're paying to go see a fast knockout. That's what you want to see. You want to see a four second banger of a knockout. And then boxing, you want to see a long, like, jawed out, like, somebody gets knocked it, down, come back. Well, no, it depends. Like, yeah, it, it depends. does depend. Like, because, I mean, there's some fights, like, for instance, there, there's certain fighters you might not like. And it's like, okay, all right, he's been talking to this dude. We know this dude is who he is. He about to knock his ass out. So, I mean, so you might have that. This fight, though, was like, it was supposed to be the two best fighters in their weight class unifying the titles. They mm -hmm. Matter of fact, the one that lost had more belts. You know what I'm saying? Like this was supposed to be, this was supposed to be, let's take a time machine and Jordan versus Kobe one-on-one. -on -one. This, this is what that fight was supposed to be. Like Bro. it's not that it wasn't that. <laughs> hey, you know what though? See, sometimes I don't know if y'all feel like this, but when Tyson was fighting, like I wanted him to knock a dude out in 10 Everybody. seconds or less, right? That because Tyson was that dynamic. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, when I'm watching a fight, I need to see what your entrance looks like. And Errol, Errol Spence <laughs> lost me, bro, with big, big, big X from Texas. Y'all know who he is. I, well, I now, but I didn't. You, well, he, he. I mean, he ain't bad. All right, no. You know, he, 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 he from Texas, and he, that's this whole song is about Texas or whatever. <laughs> and, and then you know, you had a. Uh, Crawford coming out with Eminem, bro. Oh, uh, did he? And I was yeah. like, I was like, okay, all right. 
Yeah, it's like he you had a guy who was wanting to be like the guy, and then you had Crawford who was he he's already that dude. Like he just came out there. And when you're watching the fight, you're just looking at him like he's not even trying. Like that was the craziest thing to me. Like it, it's like he wasn't even trying. It was wild. I, I've never seen that. Energy. I'm telling you, do it at the yeah. proper weight. With he's, you know, what I mean, like I'm telling you, you'll see a different. Now again, I still don't. Based on what I saw from Crawford, it'll I just be a I don't see, fight. Like a, like it'll, a, like a, it'll be a better, better fight. Yeah. That's all it is. He, but I mean, I he, don't see nobody beating that too. He need like another that. year behind. What weight class for this? Where did they fight at? Was it one thirty? What did me see? Go ahead, uh, keep talking. I look it up. Yeah. Um, it, the reason it, I asked because like Haney and them are they are they is Haney in that same same class? Okay, so like. He Crawford's beating Haney then. I, I, I'm not that Crawford's even... beating everybody, bro. Like <laughs> I, I, Crawford's beating everybody. Damn. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that. But uh, they, yeah, they so fought at, they fought at um at 147. 147. And he's irregularly at 135. So like, is that what, or is he more? Are you no. saying what's the correct weight class you want them to fight at? Um, you know what. <laughs> Y'all might be right about that, man. It don't even matter. I, I just, no, because I mean, like, why? Because I'm saying that earlier, and then I'm looking at this, like, what I'm looking at. So I'm, I'm I'm looking at the statistics on it, and I'm looking at also like the fights that Spence has won at different weights, and the same thing. Because I just don't. It might not even matter, man. I don't know what weight I want them to fight at. I just, I it, it don't even matter, man. I what mean, fight is there to make in boxing hey, any, anymore? I mean, unless you want to watch Jake Paul. <laughs> I want to see him get knocked out. So, like, yeah, I do want to watch Jake Paul. I want to see him get. I like, you know, what I mean, I'm not gonna say anything bad about Jake Paul, but I, w I would like to see him get tested and actually have a fight. You know what I mean? That, that's one. I'm interested in that little scene of boxing. Don't your brother kick with him, uh, with Paul, or he works with him? That work. Like he works with that better, like yeah. the better organization. He works with oh, them. Okay. Like he's a he's a like behind the scenes, he's a cool dude. Like his character kind of sucks. You don't really like his character all that much, but. Um, Behind the scenes, Jake's a cool dude, smart dude. Yeah, kind of got to be, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, when we talk about – there was a lot of clowning going on this past week. You know, we had uh, the, the the Earl Spence fight, right, Terrence Crawford. And then we had a, a another fight, okay, uh, with, you know, your boy Nate Hackett and Sean Payton. Did y'all – did y'all – did y'all – and we call that a fight. Nowadays – with the new kids, we call those fights, okay? That's a scrap, okay? And, and they were no hands thrown, folks. That's a scrap. It was a scrap of words. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Sean Payton took over as head coach of the Broncos, Maha City right here. And uh, he was asked about Nate Hackett, and he had he has a, a few choice words about his coaching job, basically saying that he's trash, like, he, he should never coach again. And they had to take offense to that. Now, before I before we dive more into the story, I, mean, I need y'all's reaction. Because I don't know if y'all have heard what, what Nate Hackett had to say. I don't know if y'all know that. But, you know, Jeremiah, let's start with you. Spence, we'll end with you on this one. Um, I, I caught wind of the tweets and everything going on in the interviews. And I – Look, Hackett wasn't that great of a coach when he was in Denver, but he wasn't really dealing with a good Russell Wilson either. And so I just don't think it was a good match. Now, 
why you just took his job. There's literally no reason for you to come in and say anything about the previous head coach. Just come in and be the coach. And I, I what I do like where Aaron Rodgers said and, and had his coaches back and um, every Aaron Rodgers is doing everything right to be a good teammate. And so like, I enjoyed that part of that conversation. Um, the little s- scrap between head coaches talking trash about the other head coaches. It, it's petty little children. It is petty, but it's funny. It's kind of funny, though. Spence, what you got on this? Well, first, I just want to say something real quick. Obviously, last week has been a uh, very unique week, I think, uh, for for this organization. And, um, you know, I've been involved in this business my whole life, 43 years. And uh, as a coach, you know, as a coach's kid, uh, you know, we live in a glass house. We know that. We all live in different rooms. We all got a key for it. And it's one of those things that there's a code, there's a way things are done in that house. And, you know, this past week, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating and it sucks, but uh, we're all susceptible to it. There are things that you do, mistakes you make, and it costs you time on the field, costs you your job, all those things. And I own all that stuff. I mean, it's that fact. I got no excuses. That's how we live here at the New York Jets. That's how we've lived everywhere I've been. No excuses. So I own all those things. And um, it's, it's unfortunate that that had to happen, uh, the, the comments that were made. But, hey, they did. I, I'll tell you, I was probably more surprised that they happened now. was definitely expecting them in week five. So I, I'm, I'm almost thankful uh, that we got that, you know, out of the way. We all understand where, where, where uh, certain people feel and think. And I'll tell you, you can always look at that silver lining. And, man, this organization, these players, uh, the coaches, Sala, just the entire organization, Woody, I mean, Jaime, I mean, Gelfan, everybody has been unbelievable. I think that's something that is just awesome. It's brought our team together. Uh, even the old players that I've coached uh, very recently, you know, just being. All right, enough of all that. We don't care about all what we used to go to be talking to. But um, I will say, like, it's, it's one of those things where, so as a member of the media now, I appreciate Sean Payton being so candid with how he felt and what he, you know, um, and what we all said about Nate Hackett last year, you know, from the first primetime game last season when the Broncos didn't let Russell Wilson go for it on fourth and whatever to try and get a, four, a first down to get closer for the field goal or try and get a touchdown when you just paid him all that money and traded away half of your draft picks for the next 50 years to get him. You still didn't trust him enough to do it. So from that moment all the way up until he got fired, we've all been saying the same stuff that Sean Payton just said. Now, do I think uh, that's the way you handle things? No. And, you know, when when you're in the public eye like this, and, I, and I've even been um, somebody who's been on the wrong side of doing this. Like, I'm the one that has come out and called people out and said stuff, and it's like, that's not what you're supposed to do in this chair. But it just happens. And And is it right? No, but, you know, we're human. What I do think do it on the field. Do it on the field. Everybody in the comments, are, and I agree with everybody. They're like, "Yo, Sean Payton just put a bounty on himself." You know what he did? I think he he ca- he wrote a check that hopefully his team can cash for him because it's not just going to be the Jets. I know people think that it's the NFL though, man, and and these relationships that people have. Like you got players on other teams that actually probably fool with Nate. The players in Buffalo loved Nate when he was here. I don't know if everybody remembers how Nate Hackett was in the locker room in Buffalo. 
people loved him. It wasn't now. Did we think he was the greatest coach? Maybe, you know, obviously we know he's not the greatest coach, but as far as people and, and the players and, and I'm going to just tell you, you, you publicly come out and talk about somebody's guy. That's like somebody coming out and talking about Sterling right now or talking about Jeremiah. Like, whoa, hold on. You come about my guy. No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. So I just think people need to, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to week five. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be live. Like, I mean, it's good for football. It's good. It for is football. good for football. Yeah. I mean, let's be, but let's be candid though. Like <laughs> Nate Hackett. I mean, just cause I hear it out here. Like he, he didn't do a good job. I mean, sometimes people aren't meant to be head coaches and they're great coordinators. Right. Or, I mean, maybe there's other factors we don't know about that was in the Broncos organization that they're not going to publicly come out and say, but for someone like Sean Payton to be attacking somebody else's character, that that's that's where it kind of gets a little hairy for me. Because I mean, if you you look in the Sean Payton's closet, uh, it, it's it's not it's not it's no better. Like, stop. You, you know what I'm saying? Just like just just do your job, coach your team, coach your staff up, and, and let it let it ride. Like, you know, think about who's who's you know in charge of the Broncos. You got Condoleezza Rice and. And the and the Walton family and all of them. Forgot, Why are you saying I, that? I forgot that she. Now, you know, what I mean? like I forgot she was yeah. part of the group. I did. Yeah. I did. I will yeah. say this: like, now if he writes that check and his players cash it because they're backing him up, and this like, then we. I mean, we can't say nothing. All right, it is what it is. Like, but if you write this check and you lose, you don't cry. Don't come crying to nobody when people start lashing out at you for. You know what I mean? Like, you you don't get you don't. You don't get the privilege of losing now. That's what you put on your players. You don't get to lose, especially week five. You lose week five, you're going to get. But you know what? You're right. At the end of the day, though, they got to show up for him. Right. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. he can't win without him. And right. and so and, that, and that's my problem if I was a player. So if I'm on the Broncos and OK, good. We, we are happy that Sean's here now. Great. He came out of retirement, came out to break the talk booth and he's coming here with us. He's a good coach. We've seen him win. But. Sure. Now you're coming in here and now you're putting pressure because of what you're saying. Now, when I go up to, to New Jersey or when they come here, now them boys is like they amped up and they, I, I'm the one that got to block. I'm the one that got to get open. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm right. the one. So it's, it's like, yeah, you're writing that check. So yeah. I'm just hoping overall for him that he, he can, he can motivate his team enough to, to, all right, we're going to do this for you, coach. Real yeah. quick, I wanted to ask Jeremiah this one and, and then Sterles and then, you know, back to Sterles on everything. But uh, how do you feel about the Jets Mafia Talk pod? Shout out to my my peeps over there. Um, good people over there. Jay, good people. Uh, how do you truly feel about the Jets this year? Because I'm kind of concerned Rob Rodgers and Wilson are connecting and looking good so far. Sauce is improving. So now I don't know how much he can really improve. That To me, that kid was top. Top three, top five. We kind of talked about that last week, but he's improving. And if they get Dalvin Cook, they can be a problem. Uh, how do you feel about that, Jer? Whether they get Dalvin Cook or not, they're going to be a problem. They're they're like, and I've said this since they got Aaron Rodgers. They are nice because they started with the defense, they have the receivers, and they just brought a really good quarterback in. Some people don't, but he's better than Zach Wilson, and you just have to be a little bit better than Zach Wilson to get a lot more wins than what you got last year. So like. People want to like I, I'm I'm Buffalo through and through. I think we're going to beat them. I think we're a better football team because we have a better quarterback and a and a better team in general. But the Jets are nice, and don't get it twisted. The Jets are going to be nice, and we we have the probably the hardest division in the league for sure. Yeah, I mean, you talk about sauce like that whole defense secondary is nasty. They're just good, 
right? And then they got some good young pass rushers. Quentin Williams, you know, we don't talk about him enough. I mean, he he's one of the top three, four best defensive tackles in the league, dominating. So, you know, I think the Jets need to get better on the offensive line. I think that's going to be one of the things that um, are cause for concern right now. You know, they've been injured and they got some some young budding players, but Aaron Rodgers is going to fix a lot of that. And you want to know something that's different in this Aaron Rodgers that, you know, we really haven't seen in a while. Like there was a clip. Uh, you, you guys know Antoine. He, he posted something about a clip of where Aaron Rodgers is like coaching up Zach Wilson. He's coaching up these wide receivers and stuff. It's like because you know we didn't see that part of Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay unless they were hiding it from us for a reason. So we're just going to go with the fact that like Aaron Rodgers wasn't doing all that, but now he is, and he took a pay cut. He even said uh, this week that you know he he's she's trying to play a couple more years relationship. So I think man, I think when you have a quarterback who's going to buy in, you got an organization that really wants to support him and whatever he needs. And once they get Brees Hall back and healthy. They're, they're, they're going to be all right, man. The Jets are scary. They're good. I'm not saying they're going to win the division by any means. It's still Buffalo's dog. But, hey, you we shouldn't be looking at the Jets thinking, oh, yeah, the Bills going to mop them up twice and, and, you know, how we used well, to. It's different now. But Sterles, we didn't mop them up twice last year. It was the it was the two most di- right. okay. We lost we lost three games. So from I can't a fan's say perspective, it's the most it's the expectation I mean, that we're gonna mop them up. But see, as a fan, I, and you know what, I I often and I feel like a lot of people often say that that Bills Mafia is one of the smartest fan bases in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think we're the most emotional as well, but we're one of the smartest. I'm hoping that that. Jets fans, I mean, I'm hoping that Bills fans don't think that this is going to be a pushover or a cakewalk because I'm telling you, last year with Zach Wilson, they beat us in New Jersey and they came into Buffalo. And guess what? That was the hardest. Go back and watch the, the way the offense flowed that game. Go back and watch how tough it was for Josh Allen to move the ball. Josh Allen, like, okay. Y'all think it's, a, y'all think it's easy if you want to. I'm going to just tell you. I wanted to, my bad, I'm sorry. I wanted to respond yeah, yeah. to the, the O-line question. When's the last time you seen Aaron Rodgers hold the ball for he the Aaron Rodgers is a get the ball get it out type of guy like he he's a, that type of offensive wrestler like you don't need your old line to improve heavily from last year he's Aaron Rodgers and the way he plays like they're gonna get the ball get it out he, even on his fade balls he gets them out early it's a pre read like that's that's the way Aaron plays and your old line doesn't have to be much better now their receivers last year on Green Bay were bad so you're not gonna he can't do that on with a team with the receivers that are just not that great. So he comes to New York. They got a better receiving core. They have a much better defense, like top five defense. And like he's a get it, get in, get it out type of guy, especially at an older age. I, I agree with everything you said, except, except the, for the, the better receiver. No, the better receiver room. I think the defense was top notch. The better receiver core. They have one player that's better, but he brought his whole damn receiving core over. Like, I, 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 honestly, I feel like if they would have kept the receivers that they had and didn't bring over, you know, I don't know, who's who's about to retire right now that he brought Randall Cobb. Yeah. You bring over Randall Cobb and then you you trade away somebody like who they trade to the to the Browns. Oh, Elijah uh, Moore. Yeah, he was. You nice don't think, but you don't think Elijah Moore at this point of his career is better than Randall Cobb. You know what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. letting go. You, you're trading this guy. Somebody they just traded. Somebody to the Lions, right? Was it they got me? They got me cold too. Hartman came over, like, like those are the type of receivers that Aaron can elevate. 
those fast short route receivers screens like but i'm just they, saying to make him comfortable they're going to have some of these old packers on that roster yeah come, uh, come cut down day it's going to be some of those old packers on that roster instead of the team that they should go into it with if y'all yeah, really it, real about it right and there already is you got alan lazard on there Right, you 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 know we mentioned um, he wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, Lazard, was Lazard is he's decent, and you pair him with Garrett Wilson, right? McCall Hardman can do a little something, something every now and then. So and let y'all me ask see you this. y'all see the uh, undrafted kid that they got that caught the one hand uh, catch today from no, uh, where did the kid not. come from? I think he came from God. I have to I have to look it up, but he came yeah, from I mean, God. God, God, <laughs> he gave <laughs> on God. <laughs> he came from God. Damn, oh God, yeah. Nice. I forgot the kid's name because you know, but I just, I just think they're gonna be real good, man. They, they got a lot of potential over there for that offense. I think they will too. But I tell you what, Nick Wright is crazy when he's talking about how like some of these teams are. I understand that that the Bills didn't make a big splash this year. I absolutely understand that we didn't trade for Aaron Rodgers and we didn't sign Jalen Ramsey and we didn't like our division made some moves that you would feel like, Oh man, that's a splash move. They just got a lot better. Right. But the gap was so big between us and the rest of the division. Yes. Last year. I know I just said the Jets games were tough, but if you look at the end of the year, the, the record was what it was. They weren't, they weren't good. You, you look at Miami, the record was what it was. They were good. They closed the gap a bit, but still the gap was there. So what I'm saying is it's like, okay, the Bills didn't get worse, in my opinion. Some people might say they did. I feel like, if anything, they stayed the same or they slightly got better. In in every room last year, they either stayed the same or slightly got better besides Tremaine. We had a gap last year, and our team was hurt for the entire half of the season. And there was a gap. We didn't have Michael. We didn't have Vaughn from Thanksgiving. We didn't have – we had a bunch of dudes. Jordan was in and out with injuries. Our entire so, team was hurt last year, and there was still a gap. We were still the best team in the NFL, or not the NFL, but in, in the AFCs. And we are getting all those guys back, and all of a sudden, the gap there, we're third now. We're third. Yeah. We went 13-3 and three last year. We're getting all of our guys back. So, technically, our free agent pickups, if you want to say splash, we're getting Vaughn back. We're getting Micah Hyde back, two of the top guys. Trey Davis is not hurt anymore with his ACL. Like, he's not wobbling around on it. We're getting every one of our guys back. And somehow we we're we're now a nine and seven team or a nine and eight team and we're the third in the division. No, Nick, right? No. And I, it's I not mean, just them though, but I mean, you know how people people want to be, you know, people want to talk that craziness, and it's like, yo, y'all just be. I swear, sometimes people just talk just because. I swear, Leonard Floyd, exactly. Like, dude, come on, who the four? Yeah. Like, bro, the, the Bills ain't ain't splashy. They're not the the favorites, you know. Everybody's sleeping on the Bills. I mean, there's articles that come out every other day about how the Bills are going to finish third, fourth in the division. I saw one where the Bills aren't going to make the playoffs, and, and it's, just, it's right now. It's just crazy right now. It's crazy because we, I mean, like you said, Spence, how how many rooms improved? Right, Josh Allen's healthy. I think I don't think we talk about that enough. That Josh Allen's actually healthy, right? Our secondary is back. We'll the best secondary, secondary in football. The best secondary in football. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn about the Dolphins They're with back. or without Jalen Ramsey. I don't give a damn. The best secondary in football. Jordan Poyer, Mike Hyde. Me. That chemistry, that tandem is back, right? You got a second-year Kyrie Elam, who I think is going to be CB2. Okay. Dane Jackson, Christian Benford for a six-round pick. 
he ain't bad. The kid could play, right? Uh, old so man, Milano. That, you know, we, we talk about like, well, you know, we lost Tremaine, and, and that you you're not gonna replace Tremaine like that. But what now? We say this every year, or it's I've said this. I I can you know I'll be the first to say that I'm like, man, the defensive line seems like it's gotten better every year during this time of the season. But the additions that they Leonard Floyd's a bona fide dog. Puna Ford is a bona fide dog. It's not like we're hyping them up or or speculating or wishing that they'd be good. These are guys that are coming into the defensive line that are going to improve. So I say all that to say it's going to help your young linebacker. So if Baylor Spector wins the middle linebacker position or Terrell Bernard wins it, it's going to help big time. So, And we're not even talking about the offense. Should I, should I go into the offense right now? Because I can you know, we talk about Dalton Kincaid. That's my, that's my dude. That's my, that's my guy. And and, and why Jeremiah? Why Jeremy's laughing right now? I mean, can I tell you? Because he's trying to, because he's trying to rob people in fantasy football. No, he's no, no, he dirty. Yeah. He's a dirty. I said him way more points. Anyway, we don't have to get into that. I'm just my, saying because I can't even read the text you sent me, man. He was trying to you know rob what? me for these dudes. Who did I ask him for? Uh, was it was it him? Did I why ask you find no, that? Let no, me no, let me give some scope to the story. Mark Andrews. It's, I don't know, Friday night. We all, you know, everybody's at their respective places chilling. And my boy comes up in our little group chat talking about some (laughs) (laughs) Sterles, which you go, Dalton Kincaid. I'm like, well, you know, the shop is always open. You know, there's a price, right? Well, he's like, well, this is what he says that that, that killed me. He was like, well, I just want to make sure, you know, uh, like before I make an offer that, you know, I'm not wasting my time. So he, he acted like he's going to come in there and start offering me like some dudes. I'm like, okay, let's talk. Man, this dude offered me some bum-ass trade. It was a good trade. Game. It was a good it trade. Wasn't. It, was it would have been the same amount of points that It was good for you. No, for okay, you. look. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> look, look, look. Let me explain <laughs> on person. Look. Kincaid is is great. Like he's gonna be great this year. He's a rookie and on a team that rookies do not get to play as much as they should because, the, especially with Knox here. So he's gonna get a little like he's gonna get some yards, but he's not gonna blow up and be a number five tight end in the NFL like people like he's gonna get a, like a good amount of yards, some touchdowns, but Knox is gonna steal a lot of catches and receptions from him. So, sir, sir. <laughs> Knox couldn't steal catches and receptions for his damn self last year. And you talking you about he go Knox didn't he didn't start really playing until the end of the season. There's specific right. tweets that I can bring up because of moments. Dude, the, the Patriots game, you can Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott does not play rookies like that. Come on now. He Dawson wasn't a rookie last year. No, but so, so what was the excuse? Can, no, no, but I'm talking about play rookies like there. But look, they wanted a 12 personnel. That was the whole point of them trying to bring in OJ Howard last year and to try to and freak that up. He, did, you, did you see he got cut again today? No, OJ Howard surprised. got cut again today. Not oh, surprised I saw that. I saw that. But but what I'm saying is like Kincaid. I'm telling you, I get it. He's a rookie, and I agree with you. Typically, they don't play rookies, and it's frustrating. That's not the case with this dude. This is the best catcher that they've drafted. So okay, so in our in our in our group chat. I said, Dawson not. I mean, Dalton Kincaid is gonna have forty catches. Can you agree to that, Jeremy? Forty catches. Uh, Based off everything that you're hearing and seeing from training camp, you don't think my man can get forty catches? Forty is probably around the area. I would assume, maybe a little less. I, I would say an average of two a game. 
you know how many, especially coming off the year that Diggs had and the attitude that Diggs had, Diggs is going to demand the ball oh. 13 times a game. You wanna, yeah, you he's going to get that for sure. He's going to get it, but you want to bet? I said it'd be, I'd be around then. I said it'd be no, around 40. No, no, you, stand, 40. Though, stand toes down, baby. You want to you bet, though? What, are we doing over under 40? I'm going over. You want to bet? So I, I'm talking about cash. Forget all this other mm. stuff. I'm talking about cash. You want to bet? I'll, I'll go under 50. I'll go over 50. I'll take the over on 55. You want to bet? Yeah. No, I don't want to bet against my squad. I don't want to bet against my squad, no, but, I would, but I would. But I would. I don't want to bet against my squad. He, he, that's, that's he no, no, he that's, that's backwards. I'm, I don't want to bet against we'll my squad. Him. So we'll I would trade be happy. Me. Huh? No, so trade them to me, and then that way we can make the bet. No, who trade who? No, 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 I don't I'm know. Not, I'm, I'm not trading Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> you see, hey, me, you see, he was open. To, he was open to it. I see me flexing. You see me in here hustling. I'm hustling. We'll trade them to me, so we can bet again. Then I'm gonna show you how we gonna. Then we can bet. Okay, so yards. So six hundred yards for Kincaid. I would say that's an absolute ceiling. I, that would Absolute be my ceiling. like. I think he'll get like he could get to six hundred if he has like a cra- like a crazy year for the amount of produ- like. I don't think they're gonna play him every week. We're gonna be wondering why doesn't KK play more? Why doesn't KK get the snaps? Sure. Why is why is Dawson Knox still playing? Yeah, I do. I, I think Dawson like he's gonna be. I, I mean, I understand because like I was right where you were, and I and I, like I said last week, I'm really trying my hardest not to be. They just paid Dawson excited. Knox last year. They're not. These, these, like the okay. NFL, they Think play who it. they pay. Like that's let me, that, that's, let me tell you why it's going to happen this year. It's one. I feel like Ken Dorsey, he's heard it this year. Matt, like, you're tripping. I think they're yeah, on him. I think they own him, right? I think this, <laughs> this whole stuff. <laughs> Matt, you out your buy him, buy him. You out your damn mind. Hey, hold on, hold on. Three catches for two hundred yards. That's what's going to be. Three catches for two hundred yards. <laughs> he said he, <laughs> he said he got to have a game like like your boy. That's like that. Gabe Davis, it's gonna be a yeah, Gabe Davis game. That's crazy. But no, honestly though, Gabe I, Davis is going to demand the ball too. Like, like, bro, I'm telling you, there's so many targets gonna that are going to get it? ball. Yes, is he gonna the, ca- okay. Gabe looking nice. Gabe looking hey, nice. I'm gonna stay with my dog. Gabe looking nice. Gabe looking nice out there. Now, if he come out in the open and get three catches for for forty yards, I'm it's clowning. Gonna, I'm just I'm open. Clowning, no, no, clowning. open game. He's gonna be the eight, a sixty yard bomb in the opening game. Hundred percent. I guarantee you. You want to bet, no. Gabe? Dave, I bet on that. I'm on one, that. one catch, sixty-yard touchdown. Now wait, because you just because I, I wanted to get this out too. Because you mentioned they paid Knox last year. I'm not saying Knox is disappearing mm-hmm. at all. What I'm saying is they want to run twelve personnel, and on top of that, listen. As much as I love everybody on this team after Diggs, honest to God, let's, let's be. I know you love De- Gabe, right? I get it. Gabe is the Gabe. number two. Gabe is the number okay. Two. I'm not saying he's not the number two. I'm saying after. After Diggs, who is the most talented catcher on this team? The, right now, it's Dalton Gabe. Dalton Gabe. You said Gabe? Right now, it's Gabe. Right now. Oh. <laughs> no. Right now, it's Gabe. I've and been to know, two of the training camp practices. I respect, practices. I respect, I respect the hell they're out running of you, You're my dog. You're my they're dog, but you're wrong. No, you're wrong not, for this. I'm telling you. You're wrong for Gabe's this. Gabe's going to have more targets. Gabe's going to have more receptions. Gabe's going to have more yards. He he's should. Gonna, he as a he's number two receiver, hundred percent. He no. should. He's going to have void numbers this year. That Dalton Kincaid is not a better route runner. Or Higgins, my bad. And he has better hands. No, you, well, you know he's got better hands. He's, first of all, he's not a better route runner. 
he's a better, he's a good, really good tight end route runner. But saying that any tight end is a better route runner than Gabe Davis is like that's crazy. If we're if we're talking about let's let's oh, Gabe Davis has not shown. I'll say Kincaid has better hands right now, but like that's you, just you because say Gabe has a better shown. route runner than Gabe no. Davis right now. No, because if we're okay. comparing, if we're comparing here, just player to player. Gabe is a better – he's a receiver. He's a better route runner sure. than, than Kincaid. Kincaid is a better tight end route runner than Gabe – he could be a better tight end route runner than Gabe is a receiver route runner. But any receivers are better at route running than tight ends outside of Kelsey. I don't know, man. Awesome. I don't know. I, that, I feel like we're, I think we're sleeping on his route running ability just a bit. Like, for it, for what they use Gabe to do, how they how they deploy his routes, like – he, Wait, now, let's we just, heard in training on. camp. Hold on, we heard in oh, training camp that that Gabe is getting better in the short to intermediate. And they're gonna start using him that way, so we know his his production or catches are gonna go up. So that that'll be nice. But will be Gabe, nice. but Kincaid coming out of college right now, you you can't tell me that he that Gabe Davis is better route runner in hands. And on top, he's of a better that. route runner. His, okay, well, I'll hands, sure, K- sure. Kincaid's hands are are better as the perception of what Gabe was last year. So if I'm going right now La- based on what I've seen, not a player last year. I'm based off of last year, but I'm talking about what I've seen at training camp as far as the targets that Bro. Gabe has gotten in the camp. I'm just going based off no, what no, I've no, seen at training camp because Kincaid, all he has is training camp. He don't have no in game experience. So we have to go based on what we've seen at training camp. Gabe has better hands right now than Kincaid has had. Gabe has not dropped the ball that I've seen in training camp yet. He has not been talked about dropping the ball. I've not seen one ball get dropped by Gabe in, in training camp. Because they won't let you report it. I've been to exactly. two. <laughs> I've been like, to two I'm of the days. Like, and, and then on top of this, because I'm, I'm not hating on Gabe. I love Gabe. Like, I, sure. I've, I've, I've stopped, my, I've stopped my, my Gabe hate. So I, I'm not sitting here hating on Gabe. I think Gabe needs to be that number two, and I want to see the type of year from him that will give him the contract that I feel like he should get. I want him Mm -hmm. to stay in Buffalo. So I'm not hating on Gabe. What I'm saying is, though, you are bugging if you think the first offensive player, the offensive weapon that the Buffalo Bills have used the first-round draft pick on since Josh Allen, you're bugging if you're telling me you don't think he's going to be involved in his offense. They've I didn't talk about first. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about heavily involved. I don't mean like 400 yards or 40 catches. No, I'm talking about yeah. I'm, okay. I'm yeah. telling you, they spent their. Let's just go based off of. Let's just go fam, based wait, off wait, of fam. Since since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have been in Buffalo, they have drafted defensive players on offense besides Josh Allen. They even doubled down in the first two rounds. They are. They understood this year. Oh crap! We actually need somebody besides Stefan Diggs because that's what the problem has been. I'm telling you, bro. They didn't draft him because of they. They drafted him because they needed another person in his offense, not because of nothing else. I'm t- This is he's taking. He's taking. He's taking the McKenzie targets and the Cole Beasley targets. He's also taking the tar- – he's going to take some of Knox's targets. He's taking targets all of – you're telling me he's taking all of the McKenzie targets and and, and – I mean, McKenzie only – We got, got Deontay Harder. No, but we got Deontay Hardy. We got Sherfield. We got Gabe. We got Cook that's going to get receptions. We you have a variety dudes, of weapons that is going to be getting, used. You think they're getting targets over – and I'm not I talking think, about Cook. I think Gabe's getting 1,000 this year. I think Diggs is getting – close to 1500. So I think Gabe's going to get a thousand this year. So if I, I'm not saying Josh is getting 5k yards. Yeah. So I'm saying around like 2000 left to spread to the rest of the targets. I don't think Kincaid's going to get right, my dude. 
Hey, listen. Now, if you if you are here so, thinking that Josh putting up eight eight grand, and we're gonna run the ball more then, this year. So right. let me let me let me throw something in here real quick. So when you when we talk about target share, let's let's break this down just a a, a little bit, right? So Josh Allen last year had five hundred and sixty seven passing attempts, six hundred and forty six the year before, five hundred and seventy two prior to that. That's a lot. So I think there's going to be, you know, Dix is going to get his, you know, 130 targets. Gabe could get 90 targets, and KK can get a lot of targets. I mean, that and that that what I just rattled off. That's only like 280, right? You're still we're still talking about another 300 so targets. Like there is going the, there's a lot to be you know strewn about here. Like everybody can eat if they want to. You know what I'm saying? So Kincaid gonna have his share, and and Gabe he's gonna have a share. And I'm not saying he's not gonna have Absolutely. a share. Absolutely, he's gonna get his. He just I'm needs to capitalize. He's not gonna get 600 he yards because he he's gonna get all short throws. Fifteen drops like that. That we cannot have. Like seriously, but Kincaid. I mean, you we can like Gabe Davis and like Kincaid too. That's the beauty about it. Like Kincaid gonna get or, his, and and or man, you you just Sturles. it's like go ahead, Sturles, You being too nice, man. Uh-huh. You can like Gabe, but still be honest about Gabe. Like you saying all this stuff about training sure. camp, and I'm not, I'm not hating on that. I haven't been to training camp, but all around the league, I'm seeing all of these clips from players that making. I saw this. I saw a great interception from from a rookie in in with the Giants yesterday with his left hand, one handed like this. That was insane. It went crazy. You <laughs> think he's gonna be doing that when they play against the Bills? You think he's gonna do that when they play? Who cares about training camp against? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about wait, 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 wait. The game. The only Last information season, we have on Kincaid is training camp, bro. I understand. That's it. That, I understand. In college, but that's, that's not the only true. information that's that we have. We have yet to see him playing in it. What do you mean? Not I understand he's what you're saying. I'm not NFL game. So that's like, not the see. That's not the debate that I'm making. I, my debate isn't talking about training camp. I'm talking about what you said. My debate ain't about training camp. I can care less about training camp because I know to me nothing. What what fans get to see at training camp don't matter. That's what I believe because the Bills ain't practicing their plays. They're not showing you exactly what they're doing in front of the fans because they know everybody's going to be on Twitter. Everybody's going to be on TikTok. But let's be real about this, bro. Like the offense that you're seeing there is just Josh out there having some fun and and, and doing some. Okay, right, right. Okay, but like let's okay, but let's take that same energy of what they're showing. They are installing twelve. So what we're seeing from the Kincaid. There is all of their install of 12. They've been installing 12 for the like, so he's been playing a lot. Yes, but they've been playing in 12 personnel the entire my I, I'm not saying Kincaid's gonna have a bad year at all. I'm sure. saying that he's not, I don't want him us to hype him up like he's gonna get 600, 800 yards. And then because he doesn't reach these these statuses, because the ball's being spread out to a bunch of places that he, that he's a bust or he's not what we want or we want him to play more. I just I just don't think he's going to get to these standards that people keep putting him at. Like I heard someone uh, before when we started talking about this last week, oh, the next Travis Kelsey. Why would you put the first of all, and Kincaid's struggling to block right now. So we can't put that on Kincaid right now and then call him a bust if he doesn't reach our standards. You won't hear me call him a bust I was saying, I don't think um, if we ain't, If we ain't caught um, half the people – on the team bus so far. I'm not going to no, turn around yeah. after one season to call him I, a bus. I just think – I don't need him to block. I'm, not, I'm talking honest. about in general. I'm no, 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 no. I know what you're saying. Like, now I'm speaking from a, a generalized fandom. 
Like, we don't need him to block. If you're in 12, I mean, he. it's not like he's the, the no, world's worst blocker. He's block. okay. He is okay. And he needs to improve in that area. But See, Shaq that Boston dude is dominating him. That dude is hey. filthy. He is Jeremiah. filthy when it comes to, to running routes and catching the ball. And Allen is already developing a chemistry with him. And, and it's not just us being homers. A lot of people are saying it. And that's where I'm coming from. I think 600 yards, I think it's a realistic expectation. I think it could happen. Let me, and I, I would put money this. on that. Let me ask this, Jeremiah. So for a wide receiver too, because you said he's gonna get a thousand yards this year, right? So game. what is that? Yeah, you said he's gonna get a thousand. So seventeen games, he's gonna let me see, just to average a thousand, right? Or I mean to get a thousand and seventeen, he's gotta average fifty-eight yards a game. You think he's gonna do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Gabe was on one foot last year and he put up eight twenty. And I think, yes, like his hands need to work, but I know how hard he works and I know what he's been doing this offseason. I think Gabe okay. is going to get a thousand plus, and I think he's going to have a lot of touchdowns, a lot of long touchdowns, and he's going to be the receiver that we thought he was going to be at the end of Kansas City. Not that dominant of that game, but he's going to get six, seven, eight, hundred plus, 150 plus yard games, in my opinion. I, I hope you're right. So basically, I'm, I'm what praying. you're saying is. Gabe Davis is having a breakout season. That's what you're predicting. I think he's going to continue from the end of the season before he got hurt. Like okay. the, the day before. I so, think he's so going to continue. The, that from Kansas City game. I think last year was an anomaly for Gabe. I think he's going to. I think he's going to continue. Where I hope you're right. I I'm mean, praying on that. Like I want that. You hear I about how great he's been, how hard he works, and so forth. But I need to see it. You know, I, I need to see it, but it'd be nice. Could he do it? Yeah, he could do it. We, we we expected this stuff from him last year. It's nice to hear that he's he's doing well in training camp, though. And the training camp matters to me because I, I want to know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So I hope it happens, but I can like that and want Dalton Kincaid to get 60, right? You can so want, hey, absolutely. Yards, I want that, too. I think that's I think that's <laughs> fair. I want that, too. I just don't think that I just I, – I just in my head, I can't yeah, see sure. – It's Kincaid hard to see a rookie maybe. tight end. yeah. And on this Bills team where they don't play rookies as much as maybe But I would like to be wrong. I, yeah. I would love to be wrong on that. That's and true. we even – I don't know if you guys want to keep going or not, but we could talk James Cook or we can or table him for next week because he's another Buffalo Bill that I think we should talk about realistic expectations for because we're out of training camp, but he's balling. James uh, Cook no, is Cook balling. is nasty. Cook is going to be nasty, and we're going to run the ball a lot more with 12 personnel and, like – Cook is going to be nice. That's where a lot of uh, I feel like the receptions and the and the pass attempts are going to come down because I feel like we're going to run the ball a lot more successfully, a lot more on third and shorts, a lot more on second and shorts. Damian Williams is going to ball this year sure. in short down areas. Like I think we have a more stable offense this year to where it's going to it's going to look as though we're not throwing as 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 well, but it's going to be a lot more efficient. In my opinion. It's got to be. I'm, I'm agreeing. I literally always agree with you. I'm just hoping that you're right about Gabe. Like, uh, yeah. so, no, so what you're saying about the offense, the way you see it, the way we're gonna get James Cook involved, James Cook involved. I think, um, you know, there, there's other little things that I feel like you and I have talked about off the show that that we agree a lot on. Yeah, I think the only area that we're because again, I, I just now I agree with you again about Gabe, his ankle. He he was he wasn't 100, but you you take that one game out and then you average over. Because that one game didn't look like the rest of the year for him. You take that game out, and then you average the rest of the season out for him, and he averaged less than 48 yards a game. So to me, for you to tell me all of a sudden he's going to blow up. Now, okay, ankle, 
I'll give you that. But if, if all of a sudden he's going to blow up and he's going to go for over a thousand yards and now he's going to be more consistent and he's going to, I just, I personally, I personally don't see it when they've invested a first round. Now I would like to, cause I want them to stick around. I want them to stick around and I want them to, then if we could get, if, if we can have an offense that we can compare to Miami, like I think Bruce and I just talked on the code of conduct, Miami as a receiving core, Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle is insane. If the Bills had something like that, if you're talking about Cincinnati, where you're talking about T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase, give the Bills something like that. I and 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 I, I know we disagree. Like you do, might disagree, or you want it to happen but don't see it. I think Gabe is going to be there this year. And to answer this dude's question, what was 2020? Well, 2020 was his rookie, or yeah, his rookie year. And he didn't really get the opportunities in 2020 that he was starting to get into at the end of 2021. So at the end of 2021, he started to get a lot more opportunities as the number one outside receiver. And then he was the starter going into last year. And going into last year, he ended up getting hurt the fourth week in Miami. And it was an ankle. And as a receiver that catches a lot of deep balls to stop on your, to stop and catch these short balls on a dime, you need your ankle. And so, whether or not it was hobbled all year, I, I can't give you that 100%, but he was hurting for the majority of last season. You know, and, I and that's it. fair. I respect, I respect that. it. You know why I respect it? Because he sounds like me when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds. So I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. But here, here's, the, and here's the last piece of this. So if Gabe does do, as, as we're suggesting, the breakout season, a thousand yards receiving, et cetera, he gone. The Bills ain't gonna be able to resign him. He's not. He, he, he he's gone. So I would much rather to piggyback off what you were saying, Spence. I want those two wide receivers. So I'm drafting one in the first round. Like I'm going first round receiver next year. Give me that. So you're hearing it right now on the chop up. The Bills, you got to go first round wide receiver. You got. You to. got to. Yeah. You, you're wasting. You're wasting Josh Allen if you don't. Like kudos to Bean for getting Kincaid. Like Kincaid's gonna be a player. He's yeah, a he beast. Is. Right. But you need a you you need a Mecca Abuka, Keon Coleman, and and, he, and I, I can go go on and Marvin on about Harrison these. Junior dog, just go get Marvin hey, Harrison Junior. Trade I trade everything for Marvin Harrison Junior. Right all. now, trade them all. Get rid I of would, everybody except Josh bro, and Dig, and go get Marvin Harrison and Poyer. I'm talking about offense. You know that that's my dude. Ain't nobody trading my dude. I'm talking about offense. You know that. But yeah. I'm saying like, yo, go go get a player like that. Go get Josh a guy. Yeah. Because, and, and, you know, I've complained about this for a while now. It's like, look, don't be what the Packers have been to Aaron Rodgers. Or where, mm-hmm. Now, granted, they got Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, he wasn't drafted as the player he is. Nobody thought he was going to turn into the greatest or the best wide receiver in the league. I'm saying with Marvin Harrison Jr., you're looking at this dude now in college, and you're like, like every, every offensive coordinator is drooling when they watch Marvin Harrison on film. Every quarterback is drooling. When they watch Marvin Harrison Jr. on film, go get a guy that you know. The Bengals, they they knew we need an offensive line for Joe Burrow. We can't protect this guy. Well, we're going to get get Higgins. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> we're going like, get yeah. you know, like they yeah. they knew we need a line. But hey, T. Higgins, hey Jamar yeah. Chase, like they knew. So, so I get it. Go, Tua, he he wasn't he he was decent. They like okay, we see some things in him. You go get Tariq Hill and, and, and Jalen Waddle, and guess what? Now, before his injuries and around his injuries, he was he was a top five quarterback all last year. They thought he was in an MVP conference, and it, it was fair. It wasn't. I know Bills fans don't like him. He was putting up numbers. 
And it wasn't five yard hitches and little cross routes. He was he was balling. Yo, I mean, a lot of them were cross routes and five. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Go watch the go watch the film. They weren't. Except for that post that if Jordan and Michael were there, that would have been intercepted. No, that's one game. game. I'm talking about the season. No, I'm talking about the season though. Go watch the season. (laughs) I know we don't like to about I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying Yeah, I was like don't no, don't do it. He, he, he ain't Tua, I mean, he had a good season, man. You can't take that yeah. from him. He just, he, he's yeah. a perfect quarterback for that offense. I mean, that the way they deploy that offense, he is a perfect fit for that offense. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to find guys that fit what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish in Tua is that for the Dolphins. So to, and to answer got, uh, Matt's, my bad. To answer Matt, like the O line can always be found deeper. Like some of our, some of the better O linemen, like you, it's much harder to find a top one receiver early in a draft than it is to find a O like it's easier to find O line later uh, in the draft. So like and and eventually there will be a guy that you can go up and get as an O-lineman, but I just don't see one next year. There's a big crop of O-linemen that are solid, not so much like a – like I've been paying attention to O-linemen in college a little bit. But like do, we really always, need, do we really need – do we really need it? Need, oh, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're going to need a – we're going to need a right tackle. I don't think so. I don't think, think so. Spencer I think Brown's that guy? The same way Jeremiah was talking about Gabe Davis's ankle, I think Spencer Brown's back injury really messed him up. That's I true. think he has all of the he has all of the intangibles to to really be that guy. Before, like you look at his, and I know measurables aren't everything. I, I get that, sure, but I sure. mean, like the guy has it, and that back injury is a big deal. And then when you talk to you talk to offensive linemen who know football, retired and current, and they're like, "Oh no, that dude's a dude." Like you know, he they can be. Nice no, yeah. So, so I think be. I think if that injury heals up for real, and he's I think more retires though. That's that's where I was coming. I think Bates goes to center and Morse retires. We're going to need a guard. I, 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 no, I think he should. I, I thought that I wrote that article last year. Because uh, your boy Osiris Torrance, I mean, you saw him. There, there's a lot of good reports coming uh, from Bill's yeah. training camp about Osiris Torrance. So I, I like him at, at guard. You know, Is it McGovern on a one year? The new McGovern's guy on a three year deal. Oh, is he on a three? I thought, yeah, he's I thought playing we got guard and one. Osiris is going to play right guard. So, but. Right tackle to me, like I need to see Spencer Brown. I need to see him produce. That 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 that's it for me. Like I'm with the you. dude, I'm he with has you. the ability. He has the talent. That, that's what's frustrating about it, right? Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it, it's like watching quarterback when you when you hear about what these guys are going through week to week. It, it kind of made me like take a step back and go, all right, like I need to have a little bit more grace for for guys like Gabriel Davis. Spencer Brown coming back from injury. Like, let's see how it plays out. But Tredavious White is another one in that regard. Vaughn Miller, when he comes, I mean, the Bills, I, we can go on and on and talk about Bill's injuries, but he's got to prove it. Like, it's one thing to talk about. It's one thing to talk about Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde returning from injuries. But it's another thing talking about Spencer Brown because those guys are proven. Spencer Brown is not proven yet. Right, right. And we want to see that. that. We want to see that. Same way Gabe Davis ain't proving yet. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, Gabe, Gabe Davis has shown, fly, shown a lot more flashes, though. Gabe Davis showed a lot more flashes in important times. I think. I think, I think Spencer's rookie year he showed a lot of flashes. He I think did. he pan, he he was busting ass his rookie year. I think last year is the year that everybody remembers. His rookie year is the reason why I'm saying no. Right, I think right. I think it was the back a, a passing. His pass blocking has always been 
like his rookie, like as a run blocker, he might be one of the better when he's healthy, might be one of the better on the offensive line. His pass blocking his rookie year was a little bit suspect, and I was expecting him to get better at that as next year. Mm-hmm. Now, I, his back, like I, I'm not into details about what his back was doing. Sure. And that's a lot of pass blocking is your back and how you can stay. You're right. And so, um, um, so maybe, maybe he gets better this year. Hopefully I've just heard a little bit of reports about how he's doing and it just kind of, you know, I mean, threw me off, but it is training camp, as you said. Well, according (laughs) to uh, reports today, the offensive line got worked. And Spencer yeah. Brown, Deion Docks were getting worked. I heard so, but this, this happens every year. And I was there, it does. but I was there. So here it's like, no, and I'm not saying that to be an asshole. I'm just saying, like, look, they got to produce. I'm not saying that right. Deion Dox is a scrub and, and Spencer Brown's a scrub, but the defense got you today. So what right, are you going right, to do right. tomorrow to improve that or when and they practice again? That's what I was going to allude to is that the first day they had pads on, I was out there and the offense, like the defense is in a, in a, in a place where we still can't really pop like that because the offense is protected and, and all this stuff going on and like, but once the offense gets out there and they start winning, they start talking shit, and now the defense is coming back tomorrow pissed. And now it's one of these things where it's like every day it's just going to be one yeah. over the other about what's going on. And and so I will say that the first day in pads, the offense got them. The defense came out a little flat. The, today I heard that the defensive line was getting after it. Well, but that's why I don't I don't give too much to like those certain right. things out of training. So certain moments in training camp is like, OK, pay attention to that, because I'm talking about like as far as depth, like who's going to make the team and who's going to get more. But then when you're talking about like, oh, man, the old line looked bad because the defense got on the day. I feel like every team around the league, you, you know, like some days the offense get them, some days the defense get them. So I don't I don't care about that. And I think Dion is I, I'm happy with Dion. I'm, you're not about to have me on here. Uh, saying anything about Dion not being good, and I know Matt said he's not sure Brown starts over Torrance. I, I don't. I think I think Torrance is a guard. You know, yeah. I don't even think that they're. I, I don't even think yeah. that it matters. You know, because Brown is going to be standing next to him. Well, let's. Uh, I think we're over time right now, so let's let's wrap it up. But we'll talk <laughs> yeah. some old line next week. We'll talk some James Cook next week. Jeremy, if you at training camp, uh, I'm going Thursday. Okay, yeah. keep feeding this information. They got the red and blue game on Friday. Um, and, and make sure you guys are following us at Buffalo Rumless. We got AJ out there uh, giving us updates at camp every day. Uh, we even have a, a, a chat going on uh, on buffalorumless.com as a uh, training camp is going on. You can make sure you can uh, check us out on that. So anyway, man, th- this was a good show. Like I love, yeah. that's why it's a chop up, baby. This is what we do. So Spence, you want to take us home? Man, I do. I also want Gabe to date Gabe Davis to catch a thousand yards next year. Oh, Y'all know how we do it over here. <laughs> Chop up. It's your boy Chase Smith. I'm just fooling. Real talk. I'm just fooling because I love Gabe. I really want to see Gabe like eat this year. I really, really do. Because if 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 Diggs is Diggs, Gabe eats, and then Cook is anything like I think he's going to be this year. And then, I mean, we we have we have the pieces that it can work. We yeah, have the pieces that it can work. Spence, I'm just, you I'm be just trying to throw them last minute jabs. Yeah, no, that's why I said. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to catch it every time. Get hit the last word. Yeah, time, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna, like let me get this last word in here to hit the hit the music. But no, uh, I think I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it all. So y'all know how we do it. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King for Steros for the Girls and my man, Jeremiah Poyer. We got to get him a different nickname. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you, you got to. We got you. Y'all know how we do. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.